Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace, here today to talk about an upcoming Zoop campaign. The project is for The Other Happy Place, Chapter Zero. It's my pleasure to welcome Jesse Sharon, the creator, to the show. Jesse, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, so I'm curious to hear about The Other uh, Happy Place. Uh, it's described as a cosmic horror story. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's an art book that has some really, really creepy art. So <laughs> why don't you start off by telling everybody what uh, The Other Happy Place is all about? Okay, so The Other Happy Place is a cosmic horror story, uh, heavily influenced thing- by things like, you know, Lovecraft, of course, uh, The King in Yellow, a lot of like uh, turn of the century uh, cosmic horror stuff, but hopefully with a little more uh, modern sensibilities for some of that. But um, uh, the project itself, like uh, the book, is all the concept art of the story that I've been working on uh, so far. Um, so the art I... I'm sorry, I'm getting off track. Um, let me think for a second. I pause for a moment. I can think more clearly. Sorry about that. Okay, so the other happy place is a what I want it to be is a multimedia project. So I want it to be a game, a comic, and like a written prose novel with illustrations. Um, I'm really into the idea of a, a cohesive world where each section is a slightly different take on the story. I'd like to have the medium match what I want to be having happen. So for instance, uh, one story I'm working on right now is a comic. And then I am also having my friends record the audio of the comic, like the written uh, verbal language, so that um, the dialogue, so that I can also make that into a video format. And I want to upload that onto sites like TikTok and YouTube. And I'm like, uh, basically, I I really want to explore storytelling in all its formats and I love horror and that's like there's so many fun ways to um, really mess with the core concepts but uh, essentially the other happy place is a story about beings from another dimension Um, I call them the entities that's kind of vague but uh, beings from another dimension that want to come to our world and make us quote unquote very happy Um, they want to invade our bodies uh, and do something inside of us that changes our spirit and mind um, but they think they're giving us a good deal because it makes us really, really happy in the meantime. Uh, uh, this, that's, does that answer your question, kind of? Yeah, it does. And it, it kind of leads into something else that I was thinking about when I, I got to see a preview of, of some of the art from the book. You mentioned Lovecraft uh, being an inspiration. That, that's pretty obvious when you see the art for the book with all those kind of spiders and centipedes and, and whatnot. <laughs> it's really interesting art. Um, so my what came to mind to kind of ask you about was in terms of, of crafting the narrative, in terms of crafting this world, do you think of it in terms visually or do you think of it in terms of kind of story or emotion that you want to explore narratively? Like does one sort of take priority over the other in your kind of creative process? That's a really interesting question because ever since I was literally 13 and I read a comic book for the first time, all I could think about them was cohesively together so it's almost like they appear in my mind at the same time like that's such a vague nothing of an answer but like that I've always been enamored with comics as far as visual storytelling goes because it's like wow you can you can have the words carry this part and the visuals carry this part and that works so well in horror because it's like what you're selectively showing and selectively saying 
is really pivotal in horror. So uh, what do I think of first? So I guess for me, uh, when I started this project, I was literally like, I want to make a cosmic horror story. I love this, this, and this. I love, for instance, like probably my favorite uh, Lovecraft story is Dreams in the Witch House, which is like a normal math student is staying in a weird uh, rental rental room and he notices that the uh, dimensions of the room are wrong and they don't make mathematical sense. And then he starts having weird dreams and he feels pulled by physical forces as he's walking around town. And I really loved that um, a normal person being confronted by something that's negatively impacting their life, but not like a big wiggly monster, mm-hmm. like like an inexplicable thing that's ruining your day and you just, you don't even have the words for it is fascinating to me. Uh, I have uh, OCD and like anxiety and um, depression and like growing up, you know, you have these feelings inside and it's like, how do you explain? I don't feel like if I pick the wrong fork, my family is going to get in a car crash. Like that's not, (laughs) but the feeling is very strong. Right. And cosmic horror always pulled that like, to me, like in an empathetic kind of way, I was like, whoa, like that feeling of like, this doesn't make sense. I'm really scared. I know it's not logical, but in this moment, I'm unhappy is like, um, it's really interesting, like that I'm enjoying that feeling of like, whoa, but I'm really drawn to that as like a storyteller. I want to see if I can evoke a similar feeling. Um, uh, also, like with the visuals, I um, think a lot about I want to present everything very beautifully, even like hideous, awful things. And um, like in French, there's this term called the the call of the void. I don't know how to say it in French, but um, it's the idea of like when you're standing on a bridge and your brain's like, what if we jumped? Like you don't want to, but your brain is like, mm, maybe. And uh, I like that idea in horror where it's like, I don't want to look, but I have to look. I need to find out what's going to happen. And I want to make the readers feel that way too. Um, and I really like that in Lovecraft where there's like a person that's like, I have to read the Necronomicon. Why? You don't have to go home. It's like, no, I need to know what it says. I just have to know. And I like, I'm really drawn to that in storytelling. So I kind of started like at that starting point. Like I literally was thinking out of all the stories I love, what do I like about it? And not like literal stuff. Like I like the big tentacle mouth or I like the fish people in Dagon. Like that's a little too on the nose. So I was like, oh, I like when he's messing with me like this. And then I started to like pull ideas from that, like kind of like when you take wool and you turn it into string, that's kind of what I imagine. It's like, okay, so I start with this awful feeling and then I start pulling at that and seeing what story can kind of come out of that. So I started leaning into like, um, well, if you're echoing a feeling of mental invasion, then I would want to echo a physical invasion because I want to make that feeling visceral. Like, I want you to not be able to escape imagining what this would feel like. And I was like, what evokes that feeling in me? Bugs, bugs, parasites. So I was like, okay, okay, bugs and parasites. So then I start looking at pictures of parasites and bugs, and I start reading about all the weird ways they mess with you. And, like, from there, from looking at science, then I start falling down a different path. It's kind of like um, a choose-your-own-adventure, but it's the whole world, and you can do whatever you want. That's how I feel when I'm telling, like, starting a story, which is why it's exciting. I'm rambling a lot. I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's good information. And it, what it kind of reminds me of, right, is, you know, uh, I think a lot of people, when they think of something that's kind of otherworldly or supernatural in terms of an anthology type story, uh, it's not maybe as ambitious as what you're trying to do 
in covering lots of different media, but the Twilight Zone comes to, to mind. Yes, I love the Twilight yeah. Zone. And Hugely you know, every, influential. Yeah, and everybody can relate to it. Everybody kind of knows, you know, if you start talking about the Twilight Zone, how it's this, um, it it's exploring this, you know, vast universe. Are they all connected? Did they all happen in the same world? Did they not? That sort of thing. Uh, but it's wide open, right? It, there's no limitations on the story that you can tell, how weird it can be. You know, some of those episodes are more straight horror. Some are more suspense. Some are more thriller. Some are um, more fantasy. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And being that you have this character of Vinny that's exploring this this world, trying to survive, it sort of feels like you can take her on an exploration of this world. Either she opens a particular door, she stumbles into a particular land, she travels to another portion of it. Like you, you haven't set any limitations for yourself. There's even ideas or things about the world that Vinny could explore later that maybe even you yourself haven't fully realized in your head yet. Yeah. Like that's, what's really fun about like making up a world and really like trying to really dig in creatively and be like, okay, well, what would the cars look like there? What would the, okay, that um, if this doesn't exist, what does this have there? Like, what do they do culturally? What do they do for fun? And then you're like, um, it's a, it's like a big sandbox. So that's a lot of fun for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I really like that uh, capacity of like, uh, because she's kind of our avatar, you can like really throw her into these situations and be like, what's happening? And you're right. Like, it's kind of funny because with cosmic horror, it's like the biggest challenge for me is I wish I could imagine something I can't imagine. Like with uh, Lovecraft and a lot of like cosmic horror stuff, it's like you read a book or you hear a story or you see something that's beyond human comprehension that fundamentally changes how you see reality, usually for a negative, right? I wish I could make that up. I want to. I wish that like I could make something so bonkers that everybody, when they're like reading it, they're like, what does it mean? Like, you know, like, like the, have you ever seen the movie um in the mouth in the mouth of madness? Yes. Oh, it's so good uh, with Sam Neill. And I'm and like, and he watches the movie and it's like starts messing with him. Same with uh, Cigarette Burns, which was a Masters of Horror episode. Uh, but it's like you watch something so evil and so bizarre that it fundamentally you'll never be the same person again. I do have some ideas, which I think will make the readers go, wah, which I really want. I really want like to make people like jump and be like, no, no, not that. Like that's my excitement and like my favorite thing i really like it when i make a picture and people are like that's really beautiful i hate looking at it and i can't stop like oh that's the best feeling i just want to make i want to make everybody who reads it feel glad that they spent their time on it that's what i that's my main goal i want them to be like wow what a good experience that i would a ride like that's what i'm going for yeah i mean art that does that right it's a juxtaposition of really beautiful art like rendered great line work textures all that sort of stuff and it's just gorgeously done, but the image, the content of the image itself is kind of disturbing or it sticks with you. You know, see, so yeah. you, you want to look at it for how cool it is, exactly how beautiful it is, but it's still gross centipedes crawling out of somebody's mouth or something, you know, something like that. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's also why I started doing um, the butterfly motif because um, for me, I like, I'm the most afraid of centipedes. Like, even illogically, they don't, they can't burrow into your skin. They're not strong enough. They are bugs. And so like, um, but they are, uh, they're so scary. Um, they're like little perfect predators. Um, they're like the land version of sharks. All they do is just hunt 
and they're perfect at it. They're, they're fast and they're poisonous and they're pretty smart. And, um, but they're just so intimidating. Like there's no part of them that goes that you go, Oh, how cute. Like even right. millipedes, like people tend to mix up millipedes and centipedes. Millipedes like only eat leaves and centipedes are like mandatory carnivores. Like at least a lot of the ones I like, but, um, but with butterflies, see, I, I don't like being too obvious. I like kind of messing with people and even myself. So I was like, okay, well, these beings want to make us happy and they have a certain arrogance to them um, because I think any cosmic being that's messing with humanity when they don't have to is a little bit arrogant. It's like, it's like a kid burning ants. It's like, what are you doing that for? They're ants. They, they're not going to ever impact your life. And it's kind of like, um, so they want to make us happy to them and they have a sense of beauty and like dignity to themselves, or at least they want to. So I started utilizing the imagery of a butterfly. And if you look at the butterflies I use, they don't have like details on them. They're just the wings. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of because a lot of times when people look up at a close-up image of a butterfly, they're like, oh, it's kind of weird looking. It's got that proboscis and the bulging eyes and the legs and the body is very detailed. And they're like, I don't like that. I just like the image of the butterfly. And so like, to me, this like perfect, uh, unbothering, glowing beautiful image of a butterfly symbolizes this kind of like deception it's like i'm offering you a promise that cannot be fulfilled this the butterfly needs organs the butterfly is a creature but this is not a creature this is something that's tricking you and so i'm kind of giving you little hints with the visuals with that so like the truth is the centipedes burrowing into your skin and the lie is this perfect magical glowing butterfly does that kind of make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's really interesting. It's it's like you're, we're talking about the kind of the yin and yang of this of this world. Uh, and yeah. when it comes to when it comes to horror, especially, um, I, I find it an interesting genre because you can explore a lot of different things in horror, a lot of different emotions and fears, obviously, um, that may not be, you know, a physical manifestation. Like if you're talking about you know, hey, there's this big monster or alien or whatever that's chasing after me. I'm scared of it. And but that's not really the thing you're scared of. What you're really scared of is the unknown. Yeah. And reflect on, you know, you yourself, what you've been through in your life. Is it, you know, lack of competence or that sort of thing? So that's what I think why we're all drawn to horror and being scared. And because it's always what you it's not just what the horror story is or what you're reading, but it's what you're bringing to it. So it's a chance for the reader or the you know viewer to meet the creative mind in a different space it becomes more than you know the sum of the parts if you know what i'm saying totally i mean like you know a lot of people find out they're like they're like you have anxiety and depression and you like horror and i'm like yeah because it really is this interesting exploratory space it's like you can kind of safely play with these scary feelings because the, you know, Jason isn't going to come out of the movie and get you, you know what I mean? So it's like, right. you could kind of sit in the moment and, and sometimes you can, you can get different things out of it. Like you can kind of play mentally with like, Oh, what would I do if I was going through this myself? Like, that's probably the usual, the kind of game we kind of mentally play when we're watching a scary movie. Like I call the police. So that doesn't work. Oh, I run away and that doesn't work. And then you're like, Oh, I have to confront my own mortality. No, I don't want to do that. Like, so, um, and that's not like the only way to scare someone, obviously. There's like different consequences. Like for me, like the monsters in my story don't want to kill you. That's the whole point. Uh, they want you to live a long, long, long time. Um, <laughs> you might feel otherwise, but uh, but like there's 
there's just so many ways to be scared. And like you said, like the unknown, but there's also like the fear of being exposed, right? So like um, the fear of somebody finding out all your secrets. Like, did you ever, uh, you ever read Stephen King's like The Storm of the Century? I think it was called. Um, it's about this evil being that comes to town and is basically like, one of you is going to give me your children or I'm going to kill everyone in town. Mm-hmm. And the way he starts mess, he's essentially a devil pastiche. You know what I mean? It's like, he's a sorcerer, like a, like a demon, but he wants a He wants a child to be his apprentice and he's going to raise this child to be an evil, evil person and damage the world in some way. But he's going to kill him and your whole town gets to live. So, Hey, don't worry about it. But, um, the horror in that story is not death essentially because somebody in the town is going to cave, right? Somebody is going to do the bad thing. Um, the horror is the complacency of everyone. Like uh, that, that they will stand together and silently just let this being take a child. Like you kind of would, you kind you're almost rooting for them to all go, you know, screw you. You don't get one of our kids. Fine. We'll die. Like, you know what I mean? Like you want them to, stand up because the horror isn't death in that scenario the horror is the lack of human heart and courage and it's like that like oh that gives me chills too because that's something that i always like deeply hope i will i would have you know but you don't know until you're in that moment and um i think horror can kind of like take you to those places too or um horror can take you to all sorts of places like uh, one of the things i really like about horror is it often has different kinds of protagonists like for instance by making my main character Vinny, she has mental illness like me and she's plus size and you don't often see that in a lot of main like mainstream movies and if they are plus size it's like about their, their plus size it's like i gotta lose weight so that my boyfriend will like me or i'll accept myself for who i am and you know it's like is is this all you are as a person so anyway but with horror you can have all these different kinds of protagonists And the audience is kind of like ready to ride along with them because you put them in danger. And that's like an immediate, I relate to you. It's like, oh no, you like, there's something human in us that we don't like seeing another human in danger. We're like, oh, come with me, hurry. So when you have horror movies, you can really explore these like empathetic spaces of like, here's a person that you might not relate to, but I'm going to show you what they're dealing with. And now they're in severe danger. How does that make you feel? And you're like, well, I'm kind of worried about them now. So it kind of can like, it kind of can sneak other feelings in on you, which I really think is fun about horror. And I think horror is interesting too, because to me, horror has a lot in common with comedy because there's a lot of like setting up expectations and then ruining them. So, um, or like, you know, subverting them or flipping them over. So, but yeah, like uh, I, 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 one other thing I like with horror is uh, I like when the main character has done something bad or like a really mistake that you can't take back because horror can kind of go to those dark places. And uh, if you have a character who's done something really bad or has a mis- done a mistake they can't take back, um, a lot of times a story will, like a mainstream kind of story, that character will be cast as a villain or maybe like a tragic hero that like can't be you know saved. But in horror, you can have this kind of like upsetting person and it's like, wait, just sit with me, just sit with me and like be in this upsetting space with me. And it's it's just such an interesting like challenge, both as a viewer and a creator, because it's like the point is to be uncomfortable. And because the point is to be uncomfortable, you're more willing to accept being uncomfortable, even in like a platonic, not directly scary kind of way. And I think that's kind of beautiful. So. Yeah. yeah, and another 
part of that, and I'm glad you you brought up Vinny because I was going to ask, you know, how much of your yourself is in the character. It sounds like quite a bit. Um, Some she has different like interests than me. I try to not make everybody too much myself. Um, she's like a little bit younger than me. Um, but sorry, anyway. But you go on, yeah. But yeah, it's it's that idea, as you said, that they can become an empathetic character because you, you immediately can't help but kind of put yourself in their shoes. You know what they're going through in terms of. Um, this idea that uh, they're in danger. And like you said, it's whatever that physical actual danger is, but like we were saying earlier, it, it is really a representation of something else that we can relate to, right? Like, thank God there are no actual real vampires or werewolves or, or and, and, you know, we, put ourselves in their shoes and yet they're running from this actual monster. We can see that, you know, maybe they lack confidence or maybe they, they, they're lonely, you know, whatever their particular yeah. kind of emotional baggage is that they're bringing. Cause we all have our own stuff. Yeah. Um, everyone has something. Yeah. And, but we're all looking at it through a lens of, okay, I see that this monster is a threat, but really what they really need to get, a, get over it, so to speak is to have belief in their self or to have friends or be accepting of this or that or whatever. And I think that's where the best horror characters, the best horror protagonists really come alive, right? Like when Mm -hmm. we can relate to them on another level beyond just, Oh, if I was in that situation, I would be scared of the werewolf. Yeah. Put that aside. Cause if we can't relate to that, we know that's not going to happen in real life, but we can relate to, well, if this person could just be accepting of who they are, or sure. accepting of their peer group or yeah. and so i think that's really where these horror protagonists take on kind of a life of their own so to speak like one of my favorite horror protagonists is probably eddie and um Stephen king's it he's like uh he's the smaller boy and he has asthma and his mom was like really overbearing and um uh basically like she always kind of uh bullies him into like breaking off friendships and there's a part where he's like at the hospital after a bully broke his arm and his friends come to visit him and his mom's just like, they're bad kids, they're bad friends. And Eddie, like, after all the scary stuff he's been through is not scared of his mom anymore. So he like, he stands up for himself and his friends and it's such a shining moment. And it made me like, probably he's probably one of my favorite characters in fiction, let alone that book. But it was like, um, yeah, it's like uh, horror can really like take you on these like visceral journeys and like, I really like want to always kind of hook in the internal feelings with like the external threat. That's how I tend to think about it. So it's like, um, like I said, so if my, my worry is about like loss of autonomy and invasion, I'm going to use parasites because it kind of like messes with that uh, same physical space. But yeah, you could do all sorts of things. And, you know, like we're, we're coming up with like clear examples, but I think a lot of people are like even more subtle than that. And you kind of like draw your own conclusions and, and everybody like can pull like their own thing from it a lot of times, which is really cool. Like if you saw the recent movie Skinamarink, it's really good and it's really uh, artsy and kind of vague. And like I don't think I've heard two people say the same thing out of it. And like and even the same people who like two people who adored it have not said the same thing about it. And it's like it's because it's almost it's so abstract that it. it you also you bring something to it and you take something away from it. So it's. Gosh, that's way too vague. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it goes back to exactly what we were talking about earlier. And it's a, it's a way of, you know, the, the, the reader or the viewer kind of meeting the creative. 
in the middle, it becomes yeah. something more than the, the, the sum of the parts because you're bringing your own. Um, yeah, you're bringing your own fear. Like right. you have your own like scares. And like a lot of times it's really funny what a horror fan is afraid of is what they tend to be drawn to watching. Right. Uh, I wonder what that is. It's almost like when you have a, like a sore in your mouth and you keep poking it with your tongue. Yeah. Like it's like that with horror. It's like, this is my least favorite thing. I have to watch it. Like, yeah, like, exactly. It's a really weird compulsion repulsion thing. It's like uh, a, that push pull again. That, yeah, um, it's just human nature. It's like when you smell something that's terrible, you don't, we don't be like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. well, oh, this smells awful. Here, smell it. Well, smell this. I'm not going to smell it. It smells awful. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, well, you obviously have big plans for uh, the other happy place uh, beyond just this, um, this campaign. So what are you looking at in terms of like timeline and having the other things released? If somebody, it's basically what I'm asking is if, if somebody backs this, like how are they going to, you know, be kept abreast of other things that are, uh, that are coming along. Sure. So I like, I'm literally setting up the domain right before we called uh, the other happy place.com. So that's the website I'm keeping it on. Um, I'm trying not to just only post on social media anymore because social media is becoming so uh, unstable. <laughs> so it's like, you can't host, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm building my own basket. We'll put it all there. But um, so like I was saying, this is concept art. And when you, uh, the book has like, the concept are uh, sections on like what the entities might be and like how they work, uh, something on the animal life and the other happy place, a little bit about the buildings, a little bit about my art direction choices, like how it's um, almost completely black and white, except for the colors red, yellow, and blue. Like that was, is a very specific visual direction because I really wanted it to look distinct. I want it like when you glance at it, I want you to be like, that's the other happy place without even having to look too closely. So, um, but a lot about the lore and my world building and thoughts. But, um, and there will be some story elements in there, but after this art book, what I'm hoping is, you know, this art book does really well. Um, I, what I want to do is uh, directly start working on the comic proper. So uh, the comic proper is uh, going to actually start before Vinny's story. It's going to start with a different character who has a very big major element in Vinny's story. So, um, but I want to tell his story first. And then Vinny's the big star of the main narrative. So his, the, this one story will be shorter, but that's gonna be a comic. Um, and and along with that, I wanna start making the video game, but I, I wanna focus on one thing at a time. So I'm like, art book, comic, and then video game. Like, you know right. what I mean? It's, it's really easy to get excited and just run for the fences as far as you can go and tire yourself out. So I'm like, okay, one at a time. I'm gonna make a beautiful art book that has the world building and uh, and presents the tale as it will be before you. Kind of like a show Bible. Have you ever heard of that? Like mm -hmm. when they make TV shows, they, they were like, this is what the idea is. Here's the core conceit and here's a tasting menu. That's kind of what I want with the art book. But also all the pieces in there, I'm really proud of. Like they're really good. Like I'm feeling I'm tuning my own horn, but they're probably my best art I've ever made. And they're like highly detailed pieces of like digital painting. And so like, I'm really excited for people to be able to see it up close because the computer is a little, it can be distance. And um, so I'm really excited for people to be able to see it closely. But my my goal next is a comic book, yes. So, um, and like I said, I also am having my friends record the audio of the comic book and I'm putting together in a video format. So that's my two goals right now. So art book, comic, audio visual version of the comic, and then a video game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't dream small. I, 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 I can't. And you shouldn't. Yeah. And you shouldn't. And you shouldn't. So uh, you can, everyone, you can go to the show notes. You can see a link there to the campaign. I encourage you to go check it out. 
look at some of the images. They're very beautifully uh, drawn tech, uh, technically. Some disturbing images, some you know more than others. But the other uh, thing, that's really, bugs it, in and out. <laughs> the other thing that's interesting is it's not just like okay, I'm looking at these pictures. You, there, you have commentary from yourself there, kind of explaining yeah. what you know. Hey. This is what I was thinking, and then as I started to, you know, render the image, I kind of shifted over to this, and it's it's multimedia. Yeah, it's textures. It's talking about your process. So in a way, it's it, you know, this isn't just a traditional art book in terms of hey, I'm just going to look at all these pictures. There's a kind of an educational or kind of a behind the scenes, uh, so to speak, aspect I, to it as well. I definitely wanted to like give that. I really love like those, you know, the art of the video game score and the art of the book of blasphemous. So it's like. I was looking at those and I was like, this is really cool. I would love to give my readers a similar insight into my thought process. Right. Cause I think that's exciting. I like knowing like, why, why did you make that choice? And, uh, and then they go, Oh, because of this. And so I like giving that like little tidbits to the reader. I think it's fun. So, yeah. Yeah. What are some of the other beyond just the art book itself, which you can get from the campaign? Do you know what some of the other tiers uh, that you're, or other rewards that are going to be offered are? I'm also adding a high quality digital, like uh, high quality art prints and um, stickers. And I'm also uh, for the campaign, I have made some original uh, ink and um, gouache paint uh, uh, on paper art just that you can win if you if you uh, even sign up. So uh, if you want some beautiful original handmade art that can't be duplicated at all because I it only exists right now, um, I'm also adding that to the campaign. But I really wanted to just mostly focus on the art book because, again, I'm like, I want to really put all of my mental energy into this project piece by piece because it means so much to me. So I want, like, it's so personal. So I want each step to be the star. So it's like, this is the art book. I want it to be gorgeous. This is the main focus. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Um, they'll also be like I said, digital prints and stickers. But the art book is the star. <laughs> yeah, the art. Yeah, the art book is what is what you wanna what you wanna focus on. So yeah, uh, I'll take the opportunity now to remind everybody um, the best way you can help out Jesse, other than obviously joining the campaign and being a part of this uh, community that she's building with the other happy place. You know, maybe this you're just not in. I'm not in a horror. I don't want to look at you know disturbing images or what have you. Or, or maybe you do love it, but you just don't have the means right now. Other than joining the campaign, the best way you can help out is just spread the news. Tell yes. your friends, especially if you know somebody who loves horror, tell your local comic shop, share the link on social media. Just let's get as many eyes on this as possible. So anybody who does want to join uh, has the opportunity to do so. There is one other thing I have coming out like immediately. If you don't like horror and you think I seem fun, my graphic novel, the other half, I'm sorry, my graphic novel, The Sea in You, uh, it's about a girl who becomes friends with a mermaid. It was just in the Publishers Weekly top 10 books coming out for middle grade and YA. Hold on. I'll get uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a good book, I think, but that's also coming out. So if you don't like scary stuff, I also have a really cool mermaid book that came out with uh, Iron Circus. So, yeah. Fantastic. And I will have Jesse give me a link uh, so you guys can all go and check that out. Uh, I absolutely. Well. Will. That'll be in the show notes as well. And kind of on that note, if somebody wants to follow along, uh, we know, as you mentioned, social media is such a shifting landscape these days. But where is the best place to follow you if somebody wants to uh, to follow your work and know when a lot of these things are coming out? Where's the best place to find you? Twitter. Twitter is my home base. Other happy place. All one word. So That's always me. I love making friends on there. Uh, I, I love talking about anything scary, scary books, scary movies, scary games. Um, and I always am looking to make new friends. So hit me up on Twitter. 
Great. And I'll put a link uh, to Jesse's Twitter in the show notes as well. So you can go uh, click there and find her if you're having trouble. So uh, as we're winding down here, Jesse, anything else you want people to know uh, about The Other Happy Place or any of the rest of your work? Uh, <laughs> why do I blank whenever you ask me a question? Um, yeah, just uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm also on Tumblr. I tend to be Other Happy Place everywhere. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm really excited for this project. I just I think it's going to be really good. Uh, and yeah, check out my mermaid book. It, it has some horror elements in it too. The mermaids are, have sharp teeth and maybe have a propensity for eating people. Uh, but uh, it's, a, it's a cute story about a goth girl who becomes friends with a deadly mermaid and how they help each other. So I'm pretty proud of that one too. But uh, the other happy place I think is gonna be a very, very cool comic. I'm super excited about the art book proper. And uh, I'm excited to see where it's going to go and what it's going to become because I'm ambitious and I'm full of energy for this one. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like it's something, I mean, but just based on the fact all your social media is the other happy place, it's something you've been developing and living with for uh, a long time. So I, every waking moment, it's like in the back of my mind, like I'm, I'm getting juice and I'm like other happy place and I'm like putting them in the mail and like the other happy place. Like that's all I want to think about and talk about is this project. It's like, the main programming in my brain at the moment. Yeah, so exciting that it's finally kind of getting off the ground and you're going to see some- So exciting. I'm like, wow, I'm making a book for real. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, well, again, uh, everybody, link in the show notes for The Other Happy Place, as well as uh, The Mermaid Project from Jesse, And uh, you can follow her uh, from the link on Twitter as well, or search for her, the other happy place, Tumblr and, uh, and other places. So best of luck with the project, Jesse, uh, and everybody. Yeah. Go check out those images on the Zoop website. They're fantastic. Fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Yeah. My pleasure. Great to chat with you and uh, to you listeners. We want to thank you for joining us as always. We appreciate the support and we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the comic source. Do a search for the comic source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.